You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. Well, Happy New Year. (sighs) Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just want what you want whatever you want to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to start in 1 Samuel this morning. And uh, we'll see where it goes. But 1 Samuel 30 is the story of David becoming king. He's not quite king yet when we get to this, but I'm going to paint a picture just to kind of get us up there. Saul is king at this time, and uh, David is a shepherd, and he becomes anointed to be king, but he doesn't become king yet. And he's anointed as king. He goes about his business. Uh, Somewhere in 1 Samuel, you'll see that he slays Goliath, still not king, but he is serving Saul at that time. David, while serving Saul, he would play music for Saul and uh, was a great asset to Saul. He became um, an incredible warrior at this time. And he was winning all kinds of battles, and it was just amazing, and everyone was amazed by David. And... Saul became jealous of David. He didn't like it. And he's the king. He hears people are singing songs about David, comparing him to Saul. And and, uh, Saul, in his heart, begins to hate David. And so Saul, King Saul, tries to kill David. And so David goes into hiding. He has to run away. And there's many things that happen where he almost is able to kill Saul. But he's like, no, that's for God, you know, not God to kill Saul, but that's for God to take care of. I'm not going to take matters into my own hands, which we like to do sometimes. And he says, I'm not going to touch God's anointing and anointed. And so he goes running and he, and he begins hiding among the Philistines, which is an enemy of Israel. And he's living among them, and he has gathered about 600 men that are following David a bunch of misfits, and they're, they're following him and living among the Philistines for years. And one day, the Philistines are going to go to war against Israel, which King Saul is going to be a part of that um, battle. And David and his 600 men are like, let's go. We're going to go to war too, but they're going to fight against Israel. They're going to fight with the Philistines against Israel. And so they go, um, and they, they begin to go out to war, and the Philistines are like, wait a minute, we're actually super not comfortable with this at all. How do we know that these guys aren't actually going to turn on us in the middle of battle? And that wasn't David's heart at all. At least that's what it looks like in the Bible, where he's like, 
you guys, you know me. I'm David. I've been living with you forever, you know? It's been years, and I've been with you, and I haven't turned on you. Why would I turn on you now? And they're just like, we're really not comfortable with this at all. And so one of the heads of the army is like, you know what, David? I get you. You know, you, you seem to be a great guy. I believe you, but they are not comfortable with this at all. Go, go home. Go back to where you've been living. And I, I read this and I actually think it's amazing because I think it's the hand of God in that because how would it have looked when David became king that he had fought against the own place he was supposed to rule over? See, sometimes we don't understand why God does what he does or why he takes opportunities away from us or moves us from one place to the other. We don't understand why the scenario is that's happening, but if you read, especially through the Old Testament, you're like, every moment God is God, it's like, I know exactly what I'm doing. But David's offended. He's offended. He takes his men, and he goes back home, and when he gets back home, everything has been destroyed. Everything's been taken from him. His, the women, all, his wives, all of his men's wives, all of the children, all of their stuff has been taken away from them. It's like, for real? You have to put yourself in David's shoes in this moment of like, you know, God, I didn't ask to be anointed as king. I was enjoying myself in the field. And suddenly one day you show up and I become anointed and all of a sudden all of these things, I, I'm moving towards what you want me to do. I'm serving the king and then he hates me and then I got to go and then David has to go into hiding. And then he's serving among some other men that even isn't, he's living where he doesn't even belong. They don't want him gets sent away, shows up, everything has been taken from him. Really? Then it gets worse. Then it says, David's men. This is all he's got left, guys. These are like, you don't belong somewhere, come with me. You don't belong, come with me. Let's go. And so these 600 men are all belonging together. And in this moment... They show up at their town. Everything's gone. It says, the Bible says, they began to turn on David. It says they wanted to kill him. Look where you led us, David. This is what your leadership has done to us. And we always have the privilege of reading the whole story. If you read it, you'll see God was setting things up. In fact, past this chapter is David becoming king. But David didn't know it at this moment. So what's his response? This is where we're going to take off. This is where David's response. Verse 6. David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter. about losing their sons and daughters. Wow. 
And they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to Abathar the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after the band of raiders? Will I catch them? The first thing you need to recognize is thinking about everything that David has gone through in this moment. And his response is he strengthened himself in the Lord. In 2023, this must be our response. That we strengthen ourselves in the Lord. That this is the place we run to. That this is the place that we go to. And then, and then, it's, and then it shows us that David begins to inquire of the Lord. He begins to ask the Lord for strategies. Should I chase after them? Will I win? That whatever comes at us in this year, our, our response is, I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. This hurts. This hurts. I've lost everything. This hurts. And then to find strategy from the Lord as to how to walk this out. The Lord answers back. Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. And I just, I've read that line over and over again, and I just believe that this is a word for us this year. And I know that these can be things that are said in the new year we're going to recover and, and, and you can believe it you can be doubtful but I believe that the Lord is bringing us this point saying you will recover where the enemy has touched where the enemy has stolen where the enemy has come in to take from you you will recover all that has been lost but look at this so David hearing this word, it says, so David and his 600 men set out and they came to the brook of Besser. I underlined the word set out because he kept moving forward. He didn't even know where he was going, you guys. He just kept moving forward. He, he set out. He continued to move forward in purpose. And a lot of times we look at the battle and we look at what has happened and we assess the damage around us and we stop moving forward. You think at this point David would have thrown in the towel. Like really, really? <laughs> I'm just here trying to do my thing, you know? And he kept moving forward. But God was actually getting ready for the promises that he spoke way back over David. You will be king. He was getting ready to set him in motion. But David had to move forward. 
He had to. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8, it says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. The Passion says it like this, At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not our option. It's not our option. There's so many times where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I do not know what to do here. <laughs> it's those times and those places where you strengthen yourself in the Lord and you remind yourself who he is. That's why reading the Bible is so important. There are so many times where I just begin to open up, you know, chronicles or kings or... And I begin to read it, and I watch how the Lord is constantly moving forward. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. I may not see it right now, but I know you're moving. I know it because that's who you are. And so they set out. Verse 10 says, but 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400 men. Verse 11, this is important, these three words, along the way, along the way. They found an Egyptian man in a field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins for he hadn't had anything to eat or drink for three days and nights. Before long, his strength returned. To whom do you belong and where do you come from? David asked him. I'm an Egyptian, the slave of Amicalite. My master abandoned me three days ago because I was so sick. We are on our way back from raiding the Carathites in the Negev, the territory of Judah and the land of Caleb. And we had just burned Ziklag. That's where David was from. Will you lead me to the band of raiders, David said. And the young man replied, If you take an oath to, in God's name that you will not kill me or, or give me back to my master, then I will guide you to them. So he led David to him. This is so amazing because they set out. Right? We looked at that word. They kept moving. No matter what was going on, they kept going forward. And along the way... There came a man that would lead them to where their possessions were. Along the way, there was information that would get them to the next place. Along the way, there was an intervention that would happen. Along the way, there was a divine connection that would take place that would get them to their possessions, to the promise that God said, I will restore everything to you. You will get it all back. See, God is in our along the way. 
I don't know where I'm going. I, I don't know how I'm getting there, but I'm strengthening myself in the Lord. I'm just going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep doing what I know to do. And along the way, God's going to show up. Along the way, he has positioned somebody in the exact moment that I need them. Along the way. And I'm here to say today, you need to keep moving forward. Because look what happens. So he led David to them, and they found the Amicalites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder that they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout the night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amicalites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. Verse 18, David got back everything the Amicalites had taken and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing. Small or great son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and the herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. The plunder belongs to David, they said. Nothing was missing. And I feel, like, I feel like we've come through things where you're like, well, I'm just going to chalk that up as a loss. I don't even need to believe for that. I don't even need to, it, it's, it is what it is. And I just felt like the Lord saying, no, that is not my portion for you. Nothing was missed, small or little. Son or daughter. Nothing was lost. And I felt like we're entering into this time as a church of recovering things where the enemy thought that he had us. The enemy thought that he won. The enemy thought that he could take. The enemy thought that he could touch. But the Spirit of the Lord says, no, nothing will be lost. But here's the thing. You can't stand by idle anymore. There is a responsibility for you to begin to stand up to begin to be the warrior that God called you to be and stand up into that position and say, I am taking it back. I am going forward. I am moving forward. See, a lot of, a lot of times what happens is we hear promises of the Lord and we'll say, we'll see if it happens. Don't pray about it. Don't contend for it. Don't intercede for it. 
The Lord is calling his body, he's calling his church, he's calling his bride to stand up and begin to war for some things in the spirit because it belongs to you. But for so long the church has laid down and the enemy has been able to come in and take and come in and take and we're like, oh, lost. He says, no, that belongs to you. If we, if we think about it in natural terms, if someone came in and tried to steal from you right now, if someone tried to steal my purse, I would chase you. I would scream, I would do something. If someone tried to take your kids, come on, come on. And it's one thing to, to, to get people to pray, pray, pray for me, Shannon, pray for me, Charity, pray, pray, Joel. That's great. Do that. We should all be praying together, but you make sure you're praying too. Come on, you take responsibility for the things that belong to you. Your health belongs to you. Your finances belong to you. Your children, that is your sphere of influence, they belong to you. But take back what the enemy has stolen from me. I'm not going to back down. We are not those, the Bible says, that back down. We are not those that lay down in defeat. We are not those. Philippians 3.12 says, but I, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved the things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. I press on. I feel like this is, I feel like this is a word for us this year. I press on. I'm pressing on. In the message, it says it like this, I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I have made it, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning me onward. Oh. God is beckoning us onward. And he says, I'm off and running and I am not turning back. I am moving forward. I am not turning back. I am not looking at what was. I listened to a message by Christine Kane and, and I can't remember all of it, but one of the things she said is one of the only times the Bible says, mentions a woman to remember her, it says, remember Lot's wife. Of all the women to remember in the Bible, remember Lot's wife. What happened to Lot's wife? She looked back. And she turned into salt. She looked back. She began to wish for what was. 
or miss what was. There is no going back. God is beckoning us onward. Hebrews 10, I'm going to skip down for time, but Hebrews 10, um, read it, all of it. Hebrews 10. Um, verse 32, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. It's like, it doesn't matter. I love Jesus. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Don't throw it away. Remember the great reward it brings you. And I love this. Verse 36, patient endurance is what you need now. So that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones. Thank you, Jesus, whose souls are saved. We are the faithful ones. No, we aren't like those that turn away. We are the faithful ones. So patient endurance is what you need now. Lord, give us patience, endurance. Lord, help us to walk in endurance. Help us to keep the pace. Help us to keep the faith. That we would move onward and not look backward. That we wouldn't stay stuck, but we would keep moving forward. Lord, that whatever comes our way, would our eyes be pointed up and not consumed with everything going on around us. Lord, give us patient endurance. First Peter 1 says, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hopes in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. And so I just, I just really felt like, I feel like this is an incredible year. I, I feel like this is a year where they will see some hardships 
and some things that will happen, but for those whose eyes are on the Lord, those who are contending, you're going to see incredible breakthrough in your life. But I caution you, do not get moved or swayed in any capacity by what's going on around you. Be moved by what God is saying. And this is that place of strengthening yourself in the Lord and getting his strategy on what to do. And as we move into this year and as, the, the, as we begin to contend for the things that have been stolen, You know, in the same story that we just read, it said that there was 200 men that were too weak to go. And so 400 men went and 200 stayed back. I didn't read it to you, but in the same story, when those 400 men got back with all of the stuff that they had recovered, all of their possessions and everything, and they're so excited, and then they, these men, the 400 men, say to the 200, no, you don't get it. You stayed back. And I just, I just wanted to caution us as a family, as the body of Christ, that we are making sure that if you need to be covered, that I'm going to cover you. That, that, that we are looking out for one another because we need one another. We need God placed us in a family, in a body because we need one another. And so I know that a lot of us are going through a lot of different things, but let's not get so caught up in what we're going through that we miss somebody else too. That we're strengthening one another. I feel like this is part of the church arising. Is they're coming up and recognizing who they are. Just like David was in hiddenness, that even for the church and for some of us have been in hiding. But the Lord in this year is rising you up, raising you up, excuse me. You are coming out of hiddenness. But there is a new strength that is coming to the body of Christ. And, and you are going to walk in your authority like you have never seen before. But listen to me, it comes as you begin to step forward. I think Charity said it as she was singing today, but listen, I caution you in this, you must let go of offense. You must let go of bitterness. You must let go of those things in your heart that are tied to the past. 
You, you must let go of it. It will serve you no purpose. Listen, I hear the Spirit of the Lord on that. It serves you no purpose anymore. It serves you no purpose anymore. You must let go of the entanglement to that thing that has caused you to go backwards. And there's a release for that. The Lord says there's a release for that. So I just declare over whoever it is or the many of us that are struggling to forgive or struggling to let go of the past. I speak over those that rehearse stories in their minds, go over and over the memories of what was. And in the name of Jesus, I break that attachment to the past right now. That familiar spirit that you keep going back to, I break the attachment of that on your life right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, your wholeness, your forgiveness, your power, your blood is covering that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And lastly, I know we all know Ezekiel 37, and it talks about Ezekiel goes and he sees the dead bones. And God says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And he says, oh God, only you know, right? We know this story. And so God begins to say to Ezekiel, do this, Ezekiel. And Ezekiel does this, prophesy this. And Ezekiel prophesies this. And he begins to see this army of dry bones begin to stand up. And in verse 10, he says, So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies. And they all came to life, and they stood up on their feet, a great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones, all hope is gone, our nation is finished. God says, therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and I will cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. And I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I the Lord have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. He says they stood up as a great army. What one saw as a lost cause is useless. God breathed breath into it. 
and cause them to stand up on their feet again. A great army. And I felt, I felt like this where, where the churches felt weakened, powerless, useless, whatever. That he is causing us to stand up again in our authority that he has given us as an army and begin to contend for the things that the enemy has endeavored to steal no more, no more. taking back what he stole. Has anyone heard that song on Instagram right now that's like, the devil can't have me or my family? This is an eviction notice to the enemy. The chain breaker's in the room, and there's no telling what he's going to do. This is an eviction notice to the enemy. God is breathing his spirit into us and causing his church, his bride to rise up and press on. Amen. Amen. No going back. This is a year we recover. And so I encourage you. I've even felt a shift. I felt a shift when I pray that there is a new there's a new authority when I begin to pray that I recognize that my silence and that my apathy has allowed the enemy into places in my life, in my family, allowed it where I, where I allowed him in. but no more, that there's a shift that's taken place. So I encourage you to begin to do battle. Take back, take back. No more retreating. Keep moving forward. We press on, we press on. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.